What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because busy does not equal effective. We're all dealt 24 hours in a day and I believe how you spend that time or maybe rather how you invest it should give you some sort of return. And that could be a monetary return, sure, but it could also be a return in personal satisfaction or the impact that you have on others. Today, I want to introduce a productivity framework I've been working on that I'm calling the Productivity Pyramid. And like most frameworks, it's a work in progress. But here's how it shapes up. You can imagine a pyramid on a piece of paper with, I've got four steps on this pyramid or four levels. The foundation of this pyramid is your vision or your goals. Like, what do you want to accomplish? Stacked on top of that are the projects that are going to be needed to help realize those goals. Above that, I have the tasks that you need to accomplish those projects. And finally, I have the kind of like tools and tactics inside of those tasks. Like how are you actually getting the work done? What tools are you using to get the work done? So I want to use that as a framework for this conversation. And to help me talk through this today is Kate Erickson from EO Fire. Kate is a master of systems and over the last several years has helped grow eofire.com into a multi-million dollar operation. Her new podcast is Ditch Busy, which is all about helping you take back control of your time. Kate, welcome to The Side Hustle Show. Nick, thank you so much. I'm very honored to be here. When you shared this framework with me, I was like, oh man, he's speaking my language. I love it. Oh, we can geek out on this stuff for the next uh, next little bit because I've learned obviously a ton from you and John over the years. So excited to dive into into this. And maybe we start off with that foundation, this vision or the goal layer of where do you want to go? Do you have some, I don't know, a goal setting exercise or, or a vision setting exercise that you found works for you? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it really comes down to like the most important thing is that you're actually giving yourself the time to do this. And I know that that sounds kind of silly because of course, if we're going to work on something or brainstorm something, we need the time. But very rarely do we actually carve out that time, schedule it, set it aside, literally say, I cannot be distracted for the next one hour or the next two hours or whatever it may be. But that focus time is so critical in helping you even really be able to dig deep enough to get to a place where you start to realize your vision and your goals. And I think that because so many of us tend to work on the surface because things are moving so fast, like we want to get a lot done, you know, hurry, 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 pile on, pile on, pile on, that we end up working on the surface and we never go deep enough to think about like, okay, what is that desired outcome that I want? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Where is this going to get me? What's my end goal? And to really give yourself the time to be able to dig deep into those things, I think that that's the first and foremost, most critical thing is to schedule that time. I think it's very underplayed. And then once you have that time, I mean, it's really just a matter of sitting and writing out like, I have an exercise for kind of visioning your perfect day. And I think that a lot of times this can really help us put into perspective, like, what is it that we want our life to look like? When we start a side hustle, when we have a family, when we have all these competing things that are like vying for our priority list, it's like, 
what do we want? What do we want our every single day to look like? And once we can start mapping some of that stuff out, then we start to get to the heart of our goals because then we can say, okay, if this is what I want my every day to look like, what do I need to accomplish? What do I need to achieve in order to make that happen? Yeah, I think that's an important place to start because oftentimes we'll start with a a financial goal. Like I want to have a million dollars. I want to make six figures a year. That is great, but understand that's a means to an end. That's not necessarily the end itself. So it sounds like you're working on the vision, the perfect day exercise, the, okay, what is the outcome of that goal? Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's more about like the feelings and the experiences and and what you're doing with your time that like maybe that million dollars or six figures or whatever it is, that makes it possible. So yes, absolutely. Is it possible to set a goal that is rooted in each or do you have to just own the fact that the money is going to be a means to the end, not the end itself? No, I mean, I think that once you have your vision and you have a really strong why, like why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you creating the side hustle? Why are you investing your time in a particular project? I think absolutely some of those micro goals can be those monetary goals, but it should always be with the vision in mind of like, if I can say launch this course and generate five figures, six figures, whatever your goal is, then it will allow me to fulfill X, Y, and Z. Because Nick, I mean, you know, and and I think this is what you're getting at as well. It's you can set that six-figure goal, but the happiness is not in the money. The happiness is in what the money affords you. Time with your family, vacations, experiences, you know, all of that non-tangible stuff. Yeah. Are you doing this on a monthly, quarterly, annual basis, project basis? Like curious how this might look like in practice for you. I love checking in quarterly at the very least. I feel like smaller chunks of time really work well for me. That's a personal preference. I know a lot of people kind of tackle goals from like an annual perspective. So I think it's just about kind of digging in and figuring out what works best for you. But I like quarterly, like I can really get a handle on like a 90 day plan or a hundred day plan a lot easier because I like once we start stretching out over a year and this is the reason why I kind of don't really go that route necessarily is I think it creates overwhelm because when you start thinking of like multiple goals and multiple projects, then that can result in like, whoa, how am I ever even going to make any of this happen? So if you can break it out into smaller chunks, I always think that that's a benefit. Yeah, I think so too. I haven't done annual goals in in several years for that very reason. Like 12 months from now, like who knows what the world is going to look like? And I think 2020 is the perfect example of that. Like <laughs> right. what happens when a pandemic punches your plans in the face? It's like, uh, okay, <laughs> back to the drawing board. But working on shorter term goals, like having kind of this perfect day vision is excellent. And whether you say that's okay, a year from now, two years from now, five, 10 years from now, but like kind of knowing what you're ultimately working towards and kind of having that, you could even have that like paste it up on your fridge or sitting behind your computer, wherever, something to remind you of what you're working towards. But then to break down your day-to-day actions, like I think it's a lot more effective to kind of go to these one to three month kind of more project oriented or more like, okay, this is more tangible. I can kind of see what the next three months are going to look like, or here's going to be my focus for that. Are all of these goals in a hundred days, like this is going to be 
the outcome or like curious how you have it structured? Yeah. I mean, I really love the SMART goal setup, the specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. And then, yeah, by those 100 days, you'd actually be completely wrapped and have accomplished that goal. If you set out a goal and you put a timeline in place and you have like a time-bound, this is when I want to accomplish this by, I mean, that could be 30 days, it could be 60 days, it could be 200 days based on kind of starting to move up this pyramid that and this framework that you talked about, that's when you kind of get into, if I want to accomplish this in 100 days, is that realistic? And I think that that's such an important piece of the puzzle is when we look at the goals that we want to accomplish and we start working backwards into how we're actually going to get there, we have to make sure that that is realistic for us given the time investment that we can give it the resources that we have and so on. Now, one thing that I've kind of shifted a little bit on lately and curious to get your take on is historically, my goals are very outcome oriented. And a lot of goals are like, I want to have, be making $10,000 a month by the end of the year, right? You know, specific, measurable, timely, all that stuff where I've kind of shifted the same thing with like weight loss, New Year's resolution. I want to lose 15 pounds by the end of March. Like, okay, smart goal, right? What I've kind of shifted towards is more like process oriented goals or process goals. If I do the work consistently, the outcome, especially in terms of business is like a lot of it feels like it's outside of my control. Google could make some algorithm update. Customers could choose or buy or not buy. And of course, you know, you have some influence over that. I want to do my work. Let my put in my 20 mile March, put one foot in front of the other, write my 500 words a day, produce the show, like whatever the going to the gym or like doing your workout, whatever the daily process is to reach that goal. Like if I can do that, that is like, I can check off that I made that goal, whether or not the outcome was necessarily what I maybe had hoped for at the beginning. I don't know if I'm explaining that well. Yeah, no, I really dig that a lot because so much of it is about the habits and the things that you put into practice every single day, right? Because it's about the journey. I mean, going back to the very real thing of like you set this huge goal and then you accomplish it, but then you realize like, oh, I still don't really like, I'm not where I thought I would be, or I still don't feel like I have what I wanted because so much of that you gain through putting in those reps, through becoming great at practicing health and wellness or time with your family or whatever it might be, like so much of it is brought about by the journey of it, not necessarily by the achievement of that goal. So yeah, I love that. Got to learn to learn to love the journey because there's always more journey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. How are you choosing projects today, kind of moving up to the next level of this pyramid? All of my projects that I start are very specifically rooted in the goals that I have. So I never start a project that isn't specifically geared towards helping me reach one of my goals. I see a lot of people who are doing side hustles, who are trying to maybe beat their nine to five, who are full-time entrepreneurs. I mean, I think it happens to the best of us that we start projects just because it seems like the hot new thing or the best new strategy or the greatest platform that's ever come to be. And we end up investing so much time in it without even like stopping to recognize, oh, wow, this actually has nothing to do with getting me closer to the things I said are most important to me. 
And that seems to be a huge disconnect where we say, this is what I want, but then everything that we're doing with our time is not helping us get to that. So any project that I start has to be very specifically geared towards helping me get towards my goals. And the focus and discipline that brings into your work can be, I mean, I I was honestly mind blown. I was didn't really know like how much it would move the needle. Do you have an example of a project you've scrapped upon further analysis to say, this is not aligned with what I want at all? Oh yeah, totally. Okay. So I'm a big believer in like really going deep into one or two social media platforms to help with like promotions and engagement and community, like based on where your ideal reader, listener, viewer is hanging out at. And with so many different social media platforms, it can be really easy to think like, I mean, right now, TikTok is like this huge thing all of a sudden. And I mean, thankfully, I'm not even tempted, like I'm not going to go there. But a couple months back, I did go there with Pinterest and I started creating checklists and posting them. And my goal was to draw more attention to the work I'm doing on my podcast But what I missed in the process is that by adding Pinterest, I was actually bailing on the two platforms that give me the highest ROI, which are Facebook and Instagram. And so in adding that to my plate, I started doing worse in the areas that were actually gaining me traction there. And Pinterest just it ended up being such a distraction for me. So I was like, you know what? Like I just wasn't practicing what I preach, right? I needed to drop it and just be okay with the fact that right now I don't have a presence on Pinterest and that's okay with me because I can actually see the measurable results from Instagram and Facebook and I'm seeing nothing from Pinterest. Is there a way to know in advance what's going to be a distraction versus like what could legitimately have been an incremental traffic source? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question, right? How do you know until you test it? I think it's a gamble that we really have to take as owners of our own time. It's like, what's it worth to you? What would be like the biggest win for you if the Pinterest thing worked out? What's the outcome that that's going to give you? I mean, for me, I was kind of hoping for just more reach. But at the end of the day, if I were to really like calculate the time spent versus that ROI, maybe reaching like what a hundred new listeners or a thousand new listeners, you have to be the, and that goes back to being so clear on your vision and your goals. Like what's it worth to you? Are you going to spend an hour, two hours a week on something that's going to net you at very best case scenario? however many, you know, new eyes or or new brand awareness or whatever your goal is for even being there in the first place. So you've got the Ditch Busy podcast going on. Any other projects that you're working on this month? Try and dig in here and see what the project selection looks like and then how it relates back to the ultimate goals. Yeah, for sure. So another big project that I'm working on right now has to do with SEO on our website. So we hired an SEO team that's been helping us with optimizing our content with one of the big goal being ranking higher for podcasting terms. So a lot of my project-based work has been in re-optimizing that content, which is super time-consuming. I love it because I love creating content. 
and it is directly helping us get closer to our goals. So, I mean, that's a project I'm working on right now that has been a a really big win for us. Yeah, there's thousands and thousands of posts to go through now. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does the conversation of enough ever come up? I don't mean any offense by this, but like you guys obviously have a very successful operation. What is the motivation to keep going versus we could retire, we could coast, we could travel, we could do whatever. Like what what's motivating you to like keep working on this stuff day in, day out? So the trajectory of our business and where we're at right now versus like maybe two, three years ago when honestly we were working 60 hour weeks sometimes and just I wouldn't say overwhelmed but I mean we had a lot going on and when I look at that versus where we're at right now like we've really gone through such a progression that now we only work on stuff that truly lights us up that we are excited about that we love doing and that we know makes an impact for our audience. Because over the years, we've been incredibly lucky to build this amazing community. And so much of what our community provides and comes to us with feedback and the impact that's been made. I mean, when I think about myself 10 years ago when I was working in corporate and I didn't even know what entrepreneurship was, if I had had somebody like reveal this option to me of getting to literally do what I love every single day and also be able to spend as much time with my family as I want, travel as much as I want, have financial freedom, that's life-changing, right? And 
that makes this like such a huge passion for me to continue getting our message out there so that people in that situation know that, hey, this is possible. And, you know, the interviews that John does on the podcast is like, these are people who are making this happen and you can too. So, so much of it has to do with the message and the impact. And then also, again, we've gotten to a place now where we say no to so much stuff and truly are only working on things that matter to us. I like that. I appreciate you sharing that. And I feel very fortunate to kind of be in a similar position where I get to work on stuff that is genuinely exciting, that I genuinely care about, that serves others. It's a, it's a cool place to be in. You brought up something that was like the percentage of no's today versus the percentage of no's eight or 10 years ago. That is the mark of one. It's like this prioritization conversation, which is a huge element of productivity and effectiveness. But it's kind of like early on, you almost have to say yes. You have to say yes to doing the Pinterest experiment. You have to say yes to playing around on TikTok because you don't know. You got to test stuff out. And then as the business matures, you say like, no, this is my wheelhouse. This is where I want to spend my effort. Let's use this SEO project as an example of like trying to get the EO Fire content to rank better in Google. What's that next level? We're going to move up to the next level on the pyramid here, breaking that down into the specific tasks that have to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, in this particular situation, this project that we're working on, because we have this SEO team that we're partnering with, a lot of the tasks actually come from them. But I know that that's not always the case, right? I mean, a lot of the times we're creating projects on our own, and so we have to come up with the tasks ourselves. So right now, like those post optimizations that I was talking about, I mean, let's just pretend that I don't have this SEO team that I'm working with and I'm doing this on my own. If the project is to optimize certain type of content on our site, then the individual tasks would just be like the micro requirements to get to that. Like one would be, how do I find out which posts I'm going to optimize? And in that case, I'd be diving into SEO research, keywords, what's being most searched by people. And then based on that, and also, you know, doing research into what are some of our highest traffic posts. One of our big things was like, hey, we don't really want to like take content that isn't getting visits anyways. Let's focus on our highest traffic content and make that even better. So all these micro tasks that you get into where you're doing research around it maybe or part of the optimization is like setting up these sheets where we're figuring out, okay, are we using our keywords enough without doing, you know, like keyword stuffing or anything like that. So there are these like little intricacies of the project that you're going to have to tee up as tasks that are each in turn going to get you one step closer. Yeah, we don't need to dive too deep into like the technical elements of SEO. So if I look like how to get sponsorships on your podcast, I imagine that's a high priority post for you. EO fires at the top of page two. So again, that would be a perfect page to target because it's like, oh, if I can bump that up even just one position, now all of a sudden I'm getting a lot more eyeballs. Absolutely. Yep. Any framework for figuring out what which tasks to do yourself versus which to delegate? This is something I personally struggle with. 
Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of different approaches that you could take to it. An approach that I've heard about a lot is kind of like breaking your tasks into $10, $100, $1,000, $10,000. And if you look at it from that perspective, I mean, any task that's like a $10, $100 task is probably like pretty clearly telling you that that's not, I mean, unless that's how you value your time, which I don't think it is. So, I mean, if you're thinking in terms of like, I could be working on a thousand dollar task, but you find yourself working in the $10 tasks, like those $10 tasks would be perfect to delegate. I think it's also a matter of sitting down and asking yourself what you love doing, right? If there are things that are just like, so not a part of your wheelhouse I've done the work to learn about keyword research and like what that's all about, but that was a huge time investment for me. At the time, it was important enough and a big enough goal for us that I did it. But in another situation where maybe I didn't have that time to dedicate to it, that is something that I could outsource. You know, it's not really in my zone of genius to be figuring out how to do keyword research and and that sort of stuff. I don't know. I geek out on that stuff. (laughs) That goes back to what, what you love doing. I haven't heard of this $1,000, $1,000, $10,000 task idea. I kind of like that. It's like, oh, why are you, as the business owner, doing these $10 tasks? Like, it may not, it may not be necessary. And in the early days, like, I will admit it, this was a very much a, a bootstrapped operation, as I know EO Fire was as well. So you're kind of wearing all the hats in the early days. It's perfectly fine, perfectly normal how everybody kind of starts. And it's kind of how, how quickly can you level up? And several guests, Rosemary Groner comes to mind with this relentless focus on ROI. Like I will do the highest priority tasks in terms of the ones that deliver the most bang for my buck, the best return. And I will keep doing that kind of like practice this 80, 20 over and over again. And it's like, and in her words, like you can't not fail if you do that. I was like, that's an interesting way to frame it because like, you're just you're kind of weeding out the low priority stuff. That was how she went about building a, a pretty significant uh, blogging operation. Talk to me about maybe task management in terms of I don't know how to tee this up, but like for me, the system is usually like as we're kind of working up the pyramid, tended to work like in four week sprints, at least under normal non pandemic circumstances. Here's what I think I can accomplish. Over the next four weeks, this is kind of my big picture goal and my main project for that time. Here are the 10 or 15 tasks that need to get done inside of there. And then maybe it's the prioritization question of, okay, and sometimes it's very like chronological, like this needs to happen before this, this needs to happen before that. Can you speak to the prioritization of all the things that you have on your plate? Action reveals answers very quickly. So if you dive into something that is, you know, the biggest part of it, you're not really sure how you're actually going to tackle it yet. As soon as you dive into that, you're going to start figuring out a lot more about the other tasks on your list. I'm just like a huge fan of scheduling everything. I mean, I know we're going to get into tools here soon, but that really is scheduling the time. If you have those two hours, like setting those boundaries and blocking it off, you have to be so focused and disciplined about that because just as fast as you start your two-hour time block, if you don't set those boundaries and have that time blocked off, then it's going to be very easy for you to find any other distraction to not be focusing on those tasks. 
I love that. Action reveals answers. Put that one in quotes. I like that one. The thing that I wanted to uh, revisit here, you phrased it better than I could. This was kind of the step that I missed, was itemizing out the action steps to take a project to reality. Because like for years, I would have items on my to-do list, and maybe other people are guilty of this as well. And they would sit there for weeks, sometimes months at a time. And I would stare at that like, well, I don't have time for that right now. And what has helped me is recognizing if I don't have time for that right now, that means it's not broken down small enough. It's like, okay, there needs to be a smaller chunk that you can bite off. It's like, how would you eat an elephant? That's like the weirdest phrase anyways, like who's eating elephant? (laughs) But like, you know, this one bite at a time kind of a thing where it's like, yeah, if write book is on your to-do list, yeah, it's never going to get done, right? And I've used that example before. It's like you need to break it down into something that you can accomplish in that two-hour time block. And if you don't have a two-hour time block, in a 15-minute time block, like the work needs to be adjusted into the time that you have and not necessarily the other way around. Because I would have things, again, that would sit there for for weeks and months, like, well, I'm never going to have this 36-hour uninterrupted you know, period of time to like knock out this whole project. Of course you're not, and nobody does. But instead, how can I break that down into into more manageable pieces? That's been very helpful for me in kind of moving things forward, like these little mini steps along the way. Plus, then you feel accomplished for having crossed those off. But you also teed up a great transition into the the tools and tactics, specifically with dumping stuff onto your calendar. So it sounds like that is a task management system for you, at least a time blocking system for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I I mean, I use my Google Calendar to schedule everything so that any given time that I want, I have a visual representation of what my commitments are. And that's really helpful when it comes to when you're being presented with like an opportunity, an offer, you know, something that sounds too good to be true, or you have a new great idea and you're trying to figure out, okay, can I take this on? Can't I take this on? Having everything scheduled out in my calendar, I feel gives me like a very f- quick visual representation of of what my next like couple weeks, couple months look like. In addition to that, I use Asana, A-S-A-N-A, to do all of my task tracking and project management. So in addition to having everything blocked out in my Google Calendar, then I'm also on a task level just like really being super specific about the exact thing that I need to accomplish and putting a due date to it, which is really great accountability. I mean, I start off every single morning. The very first thing I do when I get to my computer is open up my Google Calendar and open up my Asana. And that immediately shows me exactly what my day is set up for. And if something comes up, like, am I going to be able to say yes to it? And this kind of goes back to, to, how do you want to be spending your day? It's like, if you constantly have days that are just like completely blocked out, but that's not how you actually want to be spending your time, then you really got to be checking in with yourself on this stuff. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like 
LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Do those two systems talk to each other? Whereas like, okay, if you have your project in Asana and your subtasks, and you could do this in pen and paper too, but Asana is pretty slick. If you assign a due date to that task, will it add to your calendar automatically? Or do you have to go in and say, okay, today is the day that I'm going to work on this piece of that project? You know, I do think that they have an integration. I'm not currently leveraging it. I think it might be a newer addition to it. But if I'm looking at like my Google Calendar, the time blocks are more of like a project view and then the task view is in Asana. So, I mean, if I have a task that is going to take me 30 minutes, I don't necessarily have like a 30 minute block in my calendar that says you're doing this task right now, but I have that time blocked off knowing that I'm going to be doing my task work. Yeah, that's helpful. Okay. Yeah. So the calendar is kind of like the overview here is the project that I'm working on. And then to get into the nitty gritty, it's the Asana view. Yeah. And I mean, another thing, like kind of going back to the tasks and like that four week example that we gave, and this gets into the tool aspect of it too, because I have this actually scheduled out in my calendar as well, is any like milestones or checkpoints that you can give yourself are going to be a huge win. So in that four week example, like if that was my project time span, I would be putting in probably like weekly milestone checks where scheduling like maybe an hour on my calendar and I'm literally looking at my task list, due dates, the progress that I'm making, where I should be, what I said I'd have done by now and really checking in with myself to see like what's been working really well, what hasn't been working that well, how can I find more efficiencies in what I'm doing? Am I on track? And based on all your answers to those questions, when you do these check-ins, you know, that's really going to be your opportunity to potentially reprioritize, to have to move timelines or due dates, et cetera. And I think that we miss out on that a lot of times. We say like, oh, well, I have this huge goal and my goal date is two months from now. So like, I'm good. I've got all the time in the world. But of course, that time goes by quite quickly if we're not checking in with ourselves and making sure we're on track. 
Yes, that's that's why they say if it weren't for the last minute, a lot of stuff wouldn't get done. <laughs> yeah, you can map, <laughs> yeah. reverse map this stuff out. Any efficiency wins or like just where where have you been all my life? Like in the last twelve or eighteen months, in terms of your own processes. <laughs> so. I mean, something that's really huge for me that I've started implementing every single day is morning sweep and an evening sweep. And this really helps me just calibrate myself. And it's also a huge help when it comes from shifting from being in a work mode to then going into like a family mode or a personal time mode. So, I I mean, depending on where your workday starts and ends, might not be a morning and an evening sweep. Maybe it's like a 12 p.m. sweep and a 3 p.m. sweep or whatever it is for you. But this has been, in terms of like productivity and managing my time really well, that morning sweep is kind of going back to what I was just talking about. Like I'm sitting down, I'm opening up my Google Calendar, I'm opening up Asana, And I'm really taking a look at my day, making sure that everything on my list is realistic given the time that I have, given the commitments that I have. And then I'm sitting and I'm I'm breaking out each of my tasks into a focus session. So every single one of my tasks gets an amount of time put to it. So anytime I dive into a task, like let's say on my task is to do one of those blog post optimizations, just based off my experience and having done several of these now, I know that it's going to take me at least an hour. So my focus time is one hour and I'm actually going to set a timer on my phone for one hour. And for that entire hour, no distractions, full focus. I'm only working on one thing. Every other tab on my computer is closed. No other programs are getting opened. And then after that focus time, I give myself a refresh time. So 10 minutes, five minutes, you can kind of play with it and see what works best for you. But I'm going to get up, stretch, go get a coffee, go have something to eat, whatever you know I want to do in that refresh time to set myself up for my next focus session. And maybe my next focus session is only 30 minutes long because that's what the task at hand requires. So that morning sweep is really just setting up my day into these focus and refresh sessions given the time block that I have to work on stuff. And then that evening sweep, it kind of follows the same flow of what I was talking about with these check-ins. It's like, I'm going to look back on my day. I'm going to look at my focus sessions. Did I accomplish what I wanted to accomplish that day? If yes, what worked really well for me? And if I didn't accomplish something on my list, why didn't I accomplish it? Was I overambitious? Did I not have the right tools in place? Did I not break the task down into, to your point earlier, was it not in a small enough chunk for me to be able to accomplish that? And asking ourselves these questions every single day can teach us so much about how we're spending our time and our tendencies and our habits when it comes to focus and discipline. And if you can make a habit out of doing these morning and these evening sweeps to kind of bookend your workday, I can guarantee you, you're going to start to identify what your Achilles heel is when it comes to time management and productivity. And you know, if you're willing to put the time into it and improve that every single day, you're going to become so much better when it comes to crushing your to-do list. Yeah, that's helpful. I was going to ask you specifically about that kind of evening sweep or that shutdown routine where you can kind of turn off work mode and enter personal time, family time mode. 
because that's something that I admittedly struggle with. And Amanda, you guys are in the same boat. Like the work is never done. There's always going to be more ideas. There's always going to be more projects. There's always going to be more stuff to do. But drawing a line in the sand and saying, nope, I'm done for the day. Shut it down. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't. Here's kind of my top priorities for tomorrow. Something that's still, (laughs) I don't don't have the answer for it. It's something that I'm still working towards. But try to do this around five o'clock and kind of wrap up whatever thing, you know, whatever I'm working on and everything else can wait. And sometimes I'll jump back on after the kids go to bed and try and clean up uh, the inbox a little bit. But it's just uh, trying to complete this evening sweep. I never called it that before. Yeah. And you know, what's been really helpful for me in that, Nick, is just if I continue to have like ideas as the night goes on when I'm trying to like get away from that work mode and into whatever other mode I'm trying to get into, I find that it's really helpful that like if an idea comes up or I think of something that I wanted to do that I wasn't able to finish or maybe that I even forgot to like put on my task list, I just have a running notes list or I also have the Asana app on my phone. So my rule is that I'm allowed to take the time to write it down and then that's it. Because I know that at least if I get it out of my head and into either Asana or in a note-taking system, then that's like peace of mind that it's there. I can get to it. I'm just not going to get to it right now. And that's been really helpful in kind of bringing me back to that focus of transitioning my day. Yeah, I like that. And you brought up the other point there was bookending your days, which if you are still in the side hustle position where you got to go to work from eight to five, eight to six, the bookending your days strategy is immensely helpful. And the I forget the origin of this, but the argument is you're going to have the most control over the very start and the very end of your day. And so if you're looking for windows of time or like to reclaim some of that time for yourself, the bookends are probably the best places to look because there's going to be all kinds of fires to put out in the middle of the day. You're often going to be reacting to someone else's agenda in the middle of the day. Whereas first thing in the morning, last thing before bed, that can be your time. Use it wisely. So I really like that stuff. So you mentioned Asana, you mentioned Google Calendar, any other must-have tools of the trade these days? Wow. Okay. So rescue time is a big one that I use. And that was really helpful, especially in the beginning of kind of like my journey with time management and productivity. And what rescue time does is it's a software that runs in the background on your computer. So as long as you have it set to like start running whenever you turn your computer on, it will track time spent in different programs and different areas And so it essentially gives you a daily view, a weekly view, a monthly view, even a yearly view, tells you how much time you're spending where, on what tasks and what areas. And that can be really helpful because I feel like a lot of the times we end our days and if somebody asks us what we did, we might not even be able to to actually communicate what we worked on. But Rescue Times gives you a very clear look at that. And one of the biggest things for me is like I would look at rescue time and it would tell me that, you know, I was on social media for like two hours one day. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's not, I don't want to be spending my time on social media for two hours a day. Like there's so many other things I could be doing with that time. Is it just a browser extension or it's like a desktop software? Yeah, it's a desktop software. Okay. (laughs) So take a look at where, what's open on your screen and see where your, where your time is really going. Yeah, exactly. 
two other tools that I absolutely live by that have been so game changing for my productivity and like managing my time is Text Expander. And Text Expander just essentially allows you to create short keys for sentences, phrases, basically anything that I find myself typing over and over again, I can create a Text Expander for it. I got my text expander report back last month and I saved over three hours that month just using text expander to send someone my bio or to type out my email address, like those types of things. Do you use text expander too? Yeah. Oh, it's such a game changer. I've got like the, uh, like hex color codes, like for the website dialed in, like the, the routing number for the, like just all this random stuff that I would always have to go and look up and copy and paste. It's like, oh, nope, I can just make a little shortcut. And what I screwed up early on was like, I made my kind of like trigger the asterisk, which is like, oh, you know, I guess you're supposed to use like Q or Z kind of like at the beginning to trigger these things. But in any case, I have to put, I have to hit shift more often than I probably should, which is harder on mobile. (laughs) You know, what's actually a good one that I started doing is I just do a hyphen in the front of anything. I think like my email address is, I I don't know, I had a shortcut set up like that, that it was like, it was kind of getting in the way, way too often. So I just put a hyphen in the front of my short code, which is helpful. Okay. Like if I hit SSS, like that fills in like full side hustle nation URL. And then I can, you know, I can type in whatever extension, whatever pretty link I want to add after that. It's a huge, huge time saver from just having to type out all these little keystrokes. I don't know. It's definitely a super nerdy thing, but it's it's like, no, I don't want to quote pricing, but it's it's very affordable. Yes. And so worth it. <laughs> One other tool that I'll mention that I literally use probably like I use it all the time is Boomerang for Gmail. And even if you don't use Gmail, I know that there are add-ons or programs that are similar to this for like Outlook and other email systems, but Essentially, it helps you manage your inbox by being able to send messages later, have messages come back to you. It's great for if you do a lot of follow up, like I always give the example of communicating with our sponsors and like being able to get talking points and approved reads. And there's a lot of back and forth communication when it comes to contracts and invoices and all that kind of stuff. And Boomerang just allows me to like schedule those emails out and then also have emails come back to me if I need to like follow up on something. So it's a great tool. Yeah, I like that one. I haven't played around with that one. I had Streak was, I guess, a similar one where you could kind of schedule emails out to go later, although now that's built in with Gmail. The other one that I use a lot inside of Gmail is called Nudge Mail, which basically you can BCC like two weeks at nudgemail.com and it'll like pop that back up to your, your inbox in a couple of weeks if you need to remember to follow up or if you haven't, oh, again, okay. with, a lot of times with, with invoicing and stuff, it's like, hey, make sure this thing uh, is top of mind or like a customer support issue or it's like, I just want to make sure this gets handled. And if it has, great, I can ignore that thing when it comes back in two weeks, but just to make sure that it doesn't get lost in, in the ether there. One that I've been relying on a lot lately, actually a couple of these, Zapier has been helpful for me in kind of like automating a bunch of different moving pieces and sending data over here or like forwarding messages to various members of the team. So that one's been helpful. I've been loving Canva lately. Like my first attempt at Canva was a few years ago and I I couldn't figure out how to work it, which I don't know what was going on in my head because it's like really simple to use. Awesome for like quick graphic designs and, and stuff where I really started to see the light on Canva 
was in trying to create a workbook for a course I did last summer. And I was trying to do it like in Microsoft Word. And like I was on the first page of this thing and I was miserable. And uh, an assistant who helped me with it, she's like, yeah, first thing, get out of Word. Like you need to do this in Canva. I was like really skeptical. I was like, fine, have a crack at it. Let me know what you come up with. It's like, oh, this is a million times. This is a million times better. Thank you. So I have her to thank for that. You know, that's so funny. I feel the exact same. I had the exact same experience with Canva. So I'm glad that I wasn't alone. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what it, what it was. Maybe the interface is better than it was four years ago or whenever it first came on my radar. But the other one that I use all the time, and my wife was looking over my shoulder the other day as I was doing this, is ClipX for PC. And I want to say Copy Clip is the Mac equivalent. It's basically like a clipboard management thing that saves the last 20 things or 25 things that I copied and will let me choose from that menu to paste. So I'm always copying, pasting stuff all day long. And it's not always one for one. Sometimes it's like, you know, three or four things ago, you paste those in really quickly. So she thought that was cool. And that's something that I use all the time. Yeah, that sounds super helpful. I haven't heard of that before. I'm going to check it out. You know, if you if you do a lot of pasting, it comes in handy. Yeah. Again, really nerdy stuff. But hey, you know, these incremental gains add up. And of course, we should mention that uh, John and Kate have the Freedom Journal at thefreedomjournal.com, the Mastery Journal at themasteryjournal.com. Again, tools to help you kind of document your progress on a daily basis, figure out what is the most important thing for you to be working on and go out and get that stuff done. Kate, any final thoughts before we wrap up here? Nick, I super appreciate you inviting me on. I always love geeking out on this stuff. I just feel like I could talk about this stuff all day. So <laughs> just to wrap up the the productivity pyramid and the formula that we've been talking about, I mean, it really starts with that time that you set to be so clear on your vision and your goals. Because until you can get to that place, everything that comes after that, the projects, the tasks, the tools... None of it's really going to get you where you want to go if you don't have a clear picture of where that is. So like you said, Nick, maybe you just have 15 minutes. That's fine. Sit down with a notebook or, you know, open up your computer and note taking system and start writing out like, what is that vision? What is that next goal that you want to work on? And have that laser focus and that discipline to help get yourself there. It's once you start putting this into practice, I, I mean, it will change everything. I've heard from so many people who have taken the time to implement this focus, this discipline, whether it's using a journal or, you know, on your own with other tools that you found, it's going to make a huge impact on your journey. Yeah, absolutely right. You've got to ask yourself, was I busy today or was I effective today? Did I make progress? You know, that's the big thing. Or did I just go through the motions, right? Am I better off today than I was yesterday? Hopefully the answer is yes for you. Hopefully the answer is yes for tuning into this stuff. eofire.com. The new podcast is Ditch Busy. Check Kate stuff out over there. Ditchbusy.com. We'll give you a bunch of places where you can find it. Kate, thank you again for joining me. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. My number one tip is every single day, start asking yourself at the beginning of the day, what is my biggest priority today? And keep that focus in mind throughout the day. If you have to reprioritize, something gets in your way, something unexpected happens, that's okay. Don't be so hard on yourself. Just get back to that priority and let's make some magic happen. 
I like it. Thanks so much for joining me. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, Nick. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.